Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast, the incremental anti-diet solution for effective permanent weight loss. Primal Potential is committed to helping you overcome emotional eating, hormonal imbalances, unhealthy habits, and your dieting mindset through education and inspiration. We don't just talk about what you should eat and what you should avoid. We talk strategy. Primal Potential is bridging the gap between knowing and doing. Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Hey there, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Benton, and I'm so happy that you are hanging out with me again while I tackle your questions for another in-depth Q&A episode. I am addressing a question that I get almost every day, and I want to take a time to really go into detail on the answer. And the question goes like this. I'm doing everything right. I'm eating whole foods and I'm not seeing results. What is wrong with me? My answer in short, nothing's wrong with you. Something is wrong with what you are doing. Nothing's wrong with you, but something is wrong with what you are doing. If you aren't seeing results, you are not doing everything right. So your question is flawed. If it's not working for you, it's not right. Who said it was right, right? I mean, it's not right for your body if it's not working. If it was right for your body, it would be working. So don't get hung up on right, wrong, or feel self-righteous about your workouts or your eating habits. I mean, dude, if it's not working, it's not what's right, okay? So what I wanna do today is I wanna take a look at the most common things that contribute to not getting results. Now, it doesn't mean you aren't on the right track, but obviously you need to change something to get results. It's not like, oh, well, let's just call it in as unfair and poof, it's fair and magically the weight's going to fall off. You are doing something that needs to be adjusted or you need a total overhaul in order to get fat loss results. So I want to talk about what I see as the most common reasons that people do not get results. Some of them are going to seem pretty obvious, but then I'm going to go into how and why it works the way it works. So the kind of most obvious one is you're eating too much. You're eating too much. If you are not getting results, most likely you are eating too much. And I will say that I am not a fan of counting calories for a few reasons. Number one, it's impractical, right? It's cumbersome. Are you going to do that for the rest of your life? Is it effortless or intuitive? No, not really. It's a pain in the butt. But also, the idea of counting calories presupposes that we know the right amount of calories for our body. And I'm sorry, going to some website where you put in your height and your weight and your activity level does not generate the right calories for you. That is not 
that is not based on your body. That is based on somebody else's understanding of metabolism and who said it's right or wrong. So that's my primary issue with calories. Counting your calories assumes that you know the right amount of calories for your body. And chances are, unless you've gone through extensive metabolic testing, which I have done at a, at a university local to where I lived, but most people have not done that. So any idea that they start with is probably flawed, okay? It is so relative and so variable. Your calorie needs will change day to day. So I'm not a fan of calorie counting because it's not really all that practical or convenient. And there's a much easier way to do it. Listening to your body is less work, but also, and most importantly, it's more accurate. It is more accurate, okay? So you are very likely eating too much if you are gaining weight or just not losing weight, period. So that's how you know if you're eating too much. And there are some nuances, but if you are not losing weight or you are, you know, at a point where you're just steadily maintaining or gaining, you're very likely eating too much. And uh, we will, there are a couple exceptions to that, but if you aren't seeing results, I don't care if all you eat is vegetables and proteins. They provide fuel to your body. They're not free foods because they are whole or healthy. And that's why I make this distinction because people sort of feel like, well, as long as it's healthy, I can eat as much as I want. That is not true. There are some real fundamental fuel rules of your body. Your body is very efficient and it is built for survival. The body is fueled by food. Extra fuel is stored to be burned later, either stored as muscle tissue or as body fat. So I want to be really clear and direct about your body's options, okay? You have options. Give your body too much fuel and it's going to store it. Give your body just enough fuel to meet its needs without any extra for storage and you're going to maintain, right? Give your body not enough fuel and it will have to tap into storage within your body to operate. Now you can take that too far and we'll talk about that, but let's not let's just assume that you're not starving yourself. And let's go a step further and let's just not starve ourselves. I think that's probably a better idea than just assuming that we won't. Let's just not do that. It's not a good idea. So your body doesn't think, oh, fantastic. All she's eating is quality food. Let's go ahead and burn fat because she's being really great about giving us high quality food. It's very much a Goldilocks scenario. You're either too little, just right, or too much. The only way, the only way that your body will allow itself to tap into your stored body fat is if it needs energy because you are not providing enough. That's the only way. Now, you can't just slash calories and expect to burn fat because there are hormonal implications. But the only way it's even ever possible to tap into your stored body fat and burn it is if your body needs energy because you aren't providing enough. If you are eating too much, I don't care if it's Twinkies and bonbons and Pop-Tarts and Cheetos or if it's steak and broccoli and almonds, either way. If you are eating too much, you will not burn fat. Your body will not allow it. Your body is highly efficient. And the only way it says yes to fat burning is if there is an energy shortage in your body. So as far as 
making sure that there is this slight energy deficit, you can go about it a couple of different ways. You can work out more, be more active, move more to increase your body's energy needs, or you can cut back a little bit on your food intake so that you are creating a deficit, a situation where the body needs more fuel to operate and therefore will allow tapping into your body fat for that extra energy. Or you can do a little bit of both or a lot of both. And how do you know if you are eating too much? Your results. Are you seeing results? Now, especially if you're sitting at a desk job, right, and you're working all day and you're kind of sedentary, your body probably doesn't need all the fuel you think it does. It doesn't need to be fueled up every hour or every two hours for the grueling work of sitting and staring at a computer all day, right? But your body will let you know. You'll either gain weight, you'll stay the same, or you'll be losing weight. And that is based on you're giving your body too much fuel, not enough fuel, or just right. Okay, so that is one of the common things. You're just eating too much. And this can be too much fat, too much protein, or too much carbohydrate, or all of the above. And we're gonna go into each one of those for reasons two, three, and four that you might not be seeing results because it's not just as simple as you're eating too much fat or you're eating too much protein. There are different nuances to them that I wanna take the time to explain and help you understand how to make tweaks and adjustments. So number two, you're eating too much fat. And this is not all that uncommon when people move towards a more whole foods approach. They hear that fat is good for you, and so then they just stack it high and deep. Fat's good, so, you know, I'll just eat avocado and coconut all day long. But you cannot avoid what we just talked about. If you do not create a situation where your body needs more energy than you're giving it, you will not burn that stored body fat. So you cannot, I'm sorry to break it to you, snack on nuts and bacon and oils and coconut and avocado all day long and wonder why you aren't seeing results. You need to find that tipping point where you are eating enough. And so many people, so many people are like, well, how do I do that? Play around with it, right? Keep a detailed journal of what you're eating, how much and when. And I would be surprised if you can't look at that after 10 days and go, oh, yeah, I was a little heavy-handed on the fat, or I was a little heavy-handed on the protein. And if you aren't sure, just pick one and dial it back just a little bit, even 10%. Monitor your hormonal biofeedback, right? And monitor your results, and that's going to tell you a lot. Now, if you're somebody who's thinking, but I just love to eat, I don't want to eat less. Okay, move more. No big deal. Get up, go for a walk. Right? And it doesn't need to be like three hours of CrossFit every morning. No, just move your body more. I've talked on the blog and on the email list about how I'm a big fan of one-minute blitzes, right? Not everybody has the time or the desire to get in a formal workout. Well, do one minute of body weight squats while you're watching TV or to stretch your legs in the middle of the workday or one minute of push-ups or one minute of just sitting up and down, right? Like sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up. Like we don't have to be on our tush all day long. Besides, it's a really fast way to flatten that tush right out. And I don't know about you, but I'm not a fan of that. I want to be high and tight, not flat. Anyway, so you can eat a little less or you can move a little more. The next one I wanna talk about, and I'm gonna spend a little bit more time here, is too much protein. Because I think this one is way more common than too much fat, because a lot of people are kind of fat phobic. And too much protein 
held me back for several months because I felt like, well, it's fish, it's chicken, it's good for me. If I'm hungry, I'm just gonna keep doing this. And I was overeating it for sure. We will drink protein shakes, eat 12 ounce steaks, have seconds and thirds of the chicken or fish because it's healthy. And yes, it is healthy, but we can overdo it. And this one is a little bit more complex than just the energy in, energy out, okay? Because we can overfuel with protein. And if you overfuel, your uber efficient body is not gonna dip into that stored body fat for the 17th time in this podcast, I know. So your six salmon cakes, right, provide more energy than your body needs to sit at your desk all day. And might be talking to myself there, but you know, whatever, you get the point. You do not need to drink your protein shake out of a large flour vase because it's protein. And I mean, I'm talking to myself again, but regardless, I definitely overdid the protein thing. But there is another issue with overconsuming protein that goes a little bit beyond just eating more than your body needs, providing more fuel than your body is expending. And it's a hormonal issue. We talk regularly on this podcast about how insulin is one of the master fat loss hormones. And if insulin is high, fat burning gets turned off. And we know that carbohydrates have the most significant impact on insulin, right? But you know what else does? Protein. Excess protein turns to sugar. Excess protein turns to sugar. Sugar stimulates insulin. Insulin turns off fat burning. So if you are eating too much protein, not only are you turning off fat burning, but you're also keeping your body dependent on glucose or sugar as a fuel source when our goal should be to move our body towards using fat as a fuel source, especially our own body fat. But we prevent that when we overeat protein. So how do you know? How do you know if you're overeating protein? Your results, right? Are you getting results? Are you burning fat? Are you losing weight? If you're not, scale back a little bit. It doesn't have to be like, well, how many grams should I eat? Just monitor your hunger, your energy, your cravings. Don't reduce fat and protein at the same time. You wanna pick one and focus on that so that you know what drives the results. If you decide, I'm just gonna cut back on the fat by 20% and the protein by 20% and see what happens, that's awesome if you start getting results, but you don't know what it came from. So I really recommend the scientific approach of just changing one variable at a time so you know what really works and what doesn't work and so that you're finding your minimum effective dose. Don't go crazy if you don't need to go crazy, right? Dial it back a little bit. Pay attention to your hormonal biofeedback and your progress. And I recommend measuring progress with waist and hip circumference instead of just the bathroom scale because that's really gonna be indicative of true fat loss. So try it out for a couple weeks, just dialing back a little bit and see what happens. All right, number four is gonna be about carbohydrates. And this can be overeating, but it can also be wrong timing. So carbs can fall into the too much bucket, just like protein and fat. The same energy concept applies. Your body is very efficient and at the risk of being very repetitive, I'm talking about all carbs here. It doesn't matter if they are high quality or low quality. So I'm talking about fruit, oats, wheat, grains, pasta, chips, potatoes, quinoa, beans, crackers, all of it, okay? Even if I didn't say it, doesn't mean it's exempt. It's not that your body says, oh, this is a quality source, so we'll burn fat anyway, even though there's too much of it. 
No, it's just a simple equation of fuel. Too much fuel? No bueno on the fat burning, right? But the primary offensive factor here with carbs, the common sense one that I'd like everybody to keep in mind, carbohydrates keep us hungry. They do not trigger satiety or feelings of fullness the way that protein and fat do. In fact, they upregulate hunger and cravings because of their wild impact on our blood sugar. So we predispose ourselves to overconsumption when we eat a lot of the carbohydrates, even if they're from whole food sources, okay? And also, as I mentioned earlier, carbohydrates have the most significant impact on insulin, and fat loss is dictated by your hormones. Insulin is released in response to an increase in blood sugar, and all carbohydrates are chains of sugar, period. Whether it's a banana or a pretzel, chains of sugar. So they have a significant impact on insulin because during metabolism, they're broken down to their simplest parts, sugar. Insulin sends the message to the body, we've got fuel, right? That was intentionally meant to sound like, you've got males. Good like that, right? Okay, anyway. Insulin tells your body, we've got fuel, so it turns off fat burning to deal with the fuel in the pipeline. That fuel might be immediately burned for energy or it might be stored. It can be stored in the muscle tissue or the liver, your short-term fuel reserves, or in excess, it's gonna be converted to and stored as fat. Either way, the presence of insulin lets the body know that there's plenty of fuel and that turns off fat burning. Glucagon is the hormone that acts opposite of insulin. Think of them like a seesaw. Glucagon is released when there is not enough fuel in the pipeline. The body gets the message, there's no fuel here, release the reserves, right? When glucagon is in action, insulin is not, like the seesaw. As soon as we elevate insulin, glucagon gets suppressed. Fat burning, i.e. fuel release, is turned off. So this can be a quantity issue, too much fuel versus not enough fuel, but it can also be a timing issue. Remember that the best time to consume carbs when fat loss is your goal is in the evening, later in the day. Now, not right before bed, but like dinner time. And I'm not going to rehash that whole argument here. But if you haven't yet, listen to episode 7, 007. That is all about carbohydrate timing and why that's important for fat loss. If you haven't already, you need to listen to episode 7. Also, Q&A number two is a very powerful one if you're wondering how and why some people can eat more carbohydrates than others and still be very lean. We all have different degrees of insulin sensitivity, how quickly and efficiently insulin can do its job and get us back to a place where we can burn fat. But we are not stuck with our current degree of insulin sensitivity. We can improve it and therefore spend more time in fat burning mode and enjoy more carbohydrates while staying lean or reaching our goals. So in Q&A 2, I go into the strategies for improving your insulin sensitivity. So if you haven't listened to that one, do that. So episode 7 and Q&A 2. All right, moving right along. Number five, indulging too frequently. And sometimes we don't even know we're doing it, right? Sometimes we don't realize the cumulative effect of just a bite here, just a taste here, one little treat, one time. And I'm a huge advocate, like I said, of writing it down. Be accountable. Look it in the eye. If you bite it, write it. Most people are indulging here or there, 
every day or multiple times a day, but because it wasn't a full meal, it's like they forgot about it or they just pretend it didn't exist. It can't possibly have an impact. Cumulatively, though, it does. So write it down and look at it. Progress does not require perfection, but it does require consistency. And if you're always finding a reason to be inconsistent, you're not going to make progress, period. So if you're feeling like, gosh, I'm doing everything right and I'm not seeing results, how consistent are you being? How many indulgences are there? Okay? It doesn't mean you can never indulge, but if every little thing that crosses in front of your face finds its place in your mouth, ah, might be a little bit of a problem. I was telling one of my clients uh, just the other night that a strategy that helps me actually came from something my mom used to tell me about buying clothes, right? She would say, only buy it if you're totally in love with it and you can't wait to wear it. If it's just okay or it's like, eh, I kind of like it, this is pretty nice, don't buy it. Only buy it if you absolutely can't wait to put it on. And I tend to look at indulgences the same way. If I think of it as, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I cannot wait to put it in my mouth. I have to have that. That is to die for. Then I'm going to eat it and I'm going to savor every bite. But if not, skip it. Be picky. Be picky. If it's just like I've had it a million times, it looks good, it smells good, everybody's doing it, meh. If it's totally worth it, gotta have it, can't wait to put it in my mouth, go for it. All right, the next one, number six, not focusing on hormone balance. You may not be getting results, even though you feel like you're doing everything right, because you are not focusing on hormone balance. Hormones matter. And I talk about this in detail in episodes 11 through 14 and also in my Hormones and Fat Loss ebook, Total energy intake does matter, but fat loss is a hormonal process. If you aren't managing insulin and thinking about fat loss strategies that balance insulin, you'll probably struggle to get into and stay in fat burning mode. Similarly, if you aren't managing your stress hormones, you're making fat loss more difficult. If you're constantly taxing your adrenals and your thyroid by chronically dieting, you're making it harder than it needs to be. Processed foods in the standard American diet absolutely contribute to hormonal imbalances. Toxins in your food and in your environment lead to hormonal imbalances. Chronic stress leads to hormonal imbalances. If you aren't seeing results and none of the stuff I've talked about so far is, is applies to you, hormones might be a factor. So definitely check out 11 through 14, those episodes of this podcast and or the Hormones and Fat Loss ebook that's up on primalpotential.com, and I will link to that in the show notes. All right, this next one is what everybody hopes their problem is, and it usually isn't, but sometimes it can be, that you are eating too little. This is not the most likely scenario, but it is possible, and I've personally been there. I crash dieted, limiting myself to 400 calories a day, for a very long time. And in hindsight, I'm like, how did I do that? How did I not kill the people in my life? I mean, how did they not kill me? But here's what's going on there. Your body is built for survival. And crash dieting, eating far too little, not just a little bit too little, guys. I mean, don't no wishful thinking here. I'm talking about dramatic restriction. It triggers your body's survival instincts, right? Your body gets so little fuel that it is sending messages of something's wrong. We need to get into legit conservation mode. 
So we're going to get really efficient. It's going to downshift your metabolism to hang on to and process more slowly any fuel that is coming in. It is going to upregulate appetite and cravings to say, eat, you numbnut, eat something, right? And it's going to be cravings for the carbohydrates and things that are going to be rapidly metabolized. It might begin to break down your precious muscle tissue to save the more energy-dense, uh, higher-octane fuel of your body fat. It will upregulate your stress response and slow down thyroid and adrenal function. It is bad news. Crash dieting is not the way to burn fat and keep it off. It is the way to screw up your metabolism in a big way. If you're constantly hungry, if you're constantly experiencing intense cravings, if your energy is regularly very low, take a look at your intake and make sure you're using kind of common sense approach and you're not doing these ridiculous crash diets that I'm guilty of having done in the past. Number eight, and I want you to go through all the above one through seven first before you necessarily look at this one because likely there are other factors at play, but number eight is too much stress. Stress is a hormonal problem. Cortisol is one of your primary stress hormones, which leads to muscle breakdown, sparing your body fat. You can be losing weight, but not burning fat. You might be losing your precious muscle tissue and get that skinny fat look that everybody wants to avoid because you look like a sack of skin, right? Nobody wants that. Not, not cute. Not a good look. Don't want to take your clothes off if that's, you know, the, the situation you're working towards. So when we have chronically high cortisol... Your body can conserve your body fat and instead opt to break down your muscle tissue. It does this because the protein in your muscle can generate glucose, sugar. Remember I talked about how your body can get sugar from excess protein. Cortisol is a blood sugar hormone. Also, when we stress too much, this increases appetite and cravings, impairs mood, impairs sleep, puts your body into the survival mode that we just talked about. So there are two things that I want to really emphasize here in terms of making a difference in practical implementation. Sometimes we can't remove the stressors in our lives, but we can always, no matter who you are, no matter what your situation is, we can always work to improve our response to the stress, okay? And keep in mind some stress perspective. Are you losing your keys? Is that worth freaking out about and creating this hormonal cascade or sitting in traffic? Have a little perspective about your stress. Some things are legitimately worth being upset over and having a natural stress response, getting attacked by a dog or whatever. Like that is a stress response you can't turn off. But we need to really work on stress management, whether it's through meditation, whether it's through the practice of perspective and really choosing to focus on other things instead of focusing on something that brings you stress and anxiety. And then also keeping a general perspective of, hey, when I freak out about something, that creates a hormonal response in my body. Is misplacing my keys really worth it? Probably not. All right, number nine. Working out too much, and I feel like I've made every one of these mistakes at some point along the way, but I also see it when you guys email me. Working out too much has a twofold impact on slowing your results, okay? Number one, and this is more of a common sense one, is if you are working out too much or too intensely too regularly, it can increase your hunger and your cravings. And so a lot of people overcompensate 
eating too much after a workout, either because they think they earned it or they deserve it or it's part of the recovery process or just because their hunger and their cravings are so out of control. And so you have to ask yourself, am I kind of negating any of the effects here because I'm overcompensating by overeating? That's one part. The other part is the stress response, especially in prolonged activity. I do not almost ever work out for more than 30 minutes at a time because that's where the kind of tipping point is between your acute stress response that can facilitate fat burning and your chronic stress response, which suppresses fat burning. So for fat loss, if you are not getting results, are you working out too much? Too long of a duration, not giving your body enough time to recover, it does generate a stress response that can impair your progress. So that is something to look at. All right, number 10, and this is more of a mindset one. If you are not getting results, are you taking too little action? Do you feel like you're doing everything right because you think so much about it, but maybe you're not acting all that much? You can't just think about all the things you can you should do. You can't say, oh, well, I went and I bought all these groceries, you know, for fat loss meals all week. Did you eat them? Like, did you prepare the food? Or did you let the stuff spoil in your fridge and end up getting takeout every night, right? Sometimes we judge ourselves based on our intentions. And we think, I mean, like, I'm doing everything right. No, you're thinking about doing everything right. But in actuality, your execution isn't there or isn't going to get you where you want to go. So we have to really evaluate not just what we think we should do or we think about doing or we intend to do, but what we actually follow through on and are consistent with. Now, for some people, you might still be thinking, everything looks good. I don't think I'm overeating. My hormones are balanced. I'm not working out too much. I do have on primalpotential.com right at the top of the page is a tab that says work with me. And there is an option for what I call a fat loss lifestyle analysis and consultation. And basically you send to me 10 days of what you eat, how much and when, your activity level and your hormonal biofeedback. And then we get on a call and I give you 10 personalized, prioritized recommendations to get you into fat burning mode if you feel like you don't have a starting point based on the 10 options that we just went through for improvement. So that is there for you if you feel like you need more help and direction. That's legit. I understand it. That's why I have it there because I want to help you. But Think really hard, keep that tracking document for yourself, really evaluate it and be honest with yourself about what you're actually executing on a day-to-day basis. Pick one variable, make a change, stay consistent with it for a couple of weeks and monitor your progress as well as your hormonal biofeedback and see what happens. I hope this was really helpful for you guys. I'm super excited for next week. I've got a really special thing I'll be introducing and I cannot wait. I'm over the moon excited. So until next time, actually, (laughs) I almost said stay healthy. I have been making fun of myself for closing the show that way for so long, but it just sort of happened and then I said it. And then I've gotten so many emails from people that say, I hate that. And I don't really, I'm, I don't care if people hate it or not, but it, I have disliked it for a while. And people suggest like, oh, you should say this, that, or the other thing. I'm just not that formal. So anyway, 
I'm just going to keep it really casual because that's the way I operate. I see you guys as friends. I imagine that we're just hanging out in my living room or whatever else. So I'm going to be back next week with lots more exciting stuff that I can't wait to share with you. So send me an email. Let me know what you're struggling with. Let me know if this was helpful for you. Make sure you're on my VIP email list that you can get on over at primalpotential.com because I've got so much exciting news coming in the next week and over the next month. And I love communicating with you. I love hearing from you. So I'm just going to end it super casual this time. No mas. Stay healthy. I'll just see you guys later. Have a great day. Bye.